1: An interesting game, to say the very least, as the Cincinnati Bengals fall just short of beating the Miami Dolphins down in South Beach. They lose in overtime. Five full quarters were played in this game. Cincinnati loses to Miami 38-35. Hey, everyone. This is the Post Game Show, Bengals Post Game Show, courtesy of the Orange and Black Insider, Bengals Podcast, as well as CincyJungle.com. I hope you are doing well some of you may be doing very well, despite a loss, and we'll talk about that in just a second, but it's great to be with you, as always. Amazingly, we're at the very end of the, the journey here. We've got one game left in this 2019 season. Not a great, not a good season at all by the Cincinnati Bengals, but with their loss in Miami against the Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals have cemented the top pick in next year's NFL draft, the number one overall pick. Uh, they did that mathematically. The Giants won today anyway. Um, things would get, would have been interesting if the Bengals were to win this week, but uh, you know, they didn't, the Bengals losing overtime fall to one and 14 on the season. Now there are, there are reasons to be very optimistic there are reasons to not be optimistic, and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about both here in just a little bit. But basically, this was if if I were if I were to say you know if the Bengals are going to lose toward the, these these last games or this game against Miami to seal up the win, at least make it interesting. At least make it look like there was some effort. At least make it look like you know it if they're going to lose. I would prefer they lose by not intentionally losing or not tanking. Um, You know, I, am not a fan of the tanking notion, but you know, I I guess for some teams, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose. If you're not going to be very good and you really covet a certain player, you're going to maybe intentionally lose. I'm not a fan of that. I actually do not think that has been a message preached in either the Dolphins locker room or the Bengals locker room. So, you know, uh, here we are today through three quarters. The Bengals sleepwalked through that game. They were awful on defense. The secondary played terribly. Um, they couldn't generate a pass rush on defense. Special teams made a couple of plays. The, uh, Kevin Huber and, and Randy Bullock both had outstanding days for the Bengals. Um, you know, the, the offense, John Ross can't come down with a big play to save his life. Um, You know, they were not doing anything on the ground after having a month and a half of some really solid work on in the run game with Joe Mixon. Granted, Mixon was was sick uh, apparently this week, but the blocking was awful. And yet in the fourth quarter, the Bengals score 23 points, three touchdowns and two two point conversions to tie the game up with triple goose eggs on the clock. Somehow they they came around. Andy Dalton with a career day, four yards shy of hitting 400 400 yards passing on the day, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, did have a lost fumble. As I mentioned, the blocking was a bit poor. So, um, you know, my my thing is, look, they, if there is such a thing, the Bengals lost the right way. Uh, They, they, if if the result had carried on and it was there was no overtime, the Bengals lose by two plus touchdowns, as it looks looked like that was going to be the case. I would have had a little bit of a problem with that. I would have had a little bit of a problem with that. But as they, you know, as they as the game wore on, maybe the Dolphins took the foot off the gas a little bit. You can say that, or you could say, you know what. These coaches, despite not getting the wins and, and you know, all of these things, they are showing the penchant to be able to adjust in game, whether it's pulling certain players, whether it's changing up the scheme. Maybe there are some in-game adjustments that are seen from the, this team that uh, we didn't really see in the previous regime, pretty rigid regime under, under Marvin Lewis there. So, look. Uh, there's a lot to dissect here. I'm going to start off with saying some of you may, who are watching me live, maybe looking at this hat uh, that I'm wearing. This hat was courtesy of new era, a, a representative who we have a connection with on the show uh, sent, graciously sent us this hat. This was the 2019 NFL draft hat. This was the hat that Jonah Williams got upon entering the stage. And they gave this to us to, to uh, you know, show off to you guys and promote. Hopefully you bought, this lid this off season, but I wore this today because obviously there were some draft ramifications here. As I mentioned though, I'm not, I was not the guy that said, you know, lose poorly, lose, look like crap for lack of better words, lose intentionally and, you know, take it. I I, I was not a fan of that notion. If you're going to lose, at least go out there and, and you know, if your team's not up to snuff in terms of talent or because of injuries or whatever, at least go out there and, and give effort. And you know what? I, I hate to play the moral victory game. Also, but this team now has eight eight one possession losses this season. In a season where you have four, uh, fourteen losses at the moment, that looms pretty large. Um, you know, and you can you can take that with a grain of salt if you want. If you want to be cynical about it, but eight games decided by one possession is it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, uh, you know, this team could have given up. They, they did not. And you can credit Andy Dalton for that. Andy Dalton could have crawled into a shell and said, you know what? The, everybody wants Joe Burrow. Nobody wants me here. So I, I, why am I even playing hard? Whether it was to just because he's a good guy and a pretty solid leader and wanted to get a win and end the year the right way or because he's like hey I'm auditioning for other teams maybe even these Miami Dolphins he he played well uh there were some misses on the day some of them were because of drops some of them were poor throws but he you know you can say that the four touchdowns came in kind of garbage time but uh you know i mean four touchdowns zero interceptions almost 400 yards that that's that's a that's one of his best days as a as a quarterback uh i want to share the some of the stats of the game here uh this is courtesy of, of fox sports this is the box score um so you know you can you can kind of look at uh, some of the stuff here you see here 23 points in the fourth quarter Andy Dalton up top here, a quarterback rating of 104.5, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, four touchdowns and an interception for Ryan Fitzpatrick, a 103 rating, a solid day of work for him. Uh, so, you know, not <laughs> two very good days by the quarterbacks, although the completion percentage was a little low, um, you know, 50, 59 Uh, both under 60%, basically for both guys, Uh, a combined almost 110 passes thrown by the two guys, eight touchdowns, one interception. Um, You know, you look at it almost basically 900 plus yards of, uh, I'm sorry, 800 plus yards of um, passing yards. So, you know, good, good day of work by both guys there. Joe Mixon, rough day, I mentioned that. Tough sledding, 50 yards on 21 attempts. Uh, The long gain was nine yards. Uh, Says a lot. And the Cincinnati Bengals were without John Miller. So I think we can say that, you know, John Miller actually may be a decent piece to keep around next year. Uh, Haven't heard his name called a bunch, and sometimes that's a good thing. Uh, He's had a couple penalties. The run game sputtered in the beginning of the year, but has really picked up the second half of the year. He was out today. Obviously, he his absence was an effect. Uh, you know, Cordy Glenn seemed to have stepped out in the game, and uh, the the new kid um, came in, and uh, that that was not good. Um, you know, they uh, that was not good. So, uh, the Bengals. Uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, my we have a special guest, my little son Regan. For those of you joining. Joining uh, joining us live here on the video, he, he decided to say hi to you. Um, the Fred Johnson was the lineman I'm talking about that came in for Cordy Glenn. Not a good day by him. Two false starts, and again, the outside run game was just not there. Uh, so Cincinnati could not get things going on the ground, unfortunately. Hope you're enjoying my son's uh, toy that's singing to you, by the way. <laughs> uh tyler boyd great day of work nine catches although on 15 targets that's not ideal nine catches 128 yards two scores as i mentioned john ross did have the six catches for 84 yards some of that came at garbage time some of that came uh you know he had the 134 yard reception to set up the initial field goal but other than that a lot of drops a lot of just near misses that you would hope maybe he would have extended for. Doe four on some of those, those plays just didn't happen. Tyler Eifert, decent day. Unfortunately, some of these are you know high target volume and not a lot with the reception totals. Um, uh, kind of indicative of, of Andy Dalton's low completion percentage there. So uh, the big thing too, William Jackson had a tough, tough day. Uh Devontae Parker, he, his target to reception ratio was very low, but he did have the 111 yards and a touchdown. Um, I believe three or four of those catches came on Jackson as well, including the touchdown there. So, you know, not, uh, not a great day of work for William Jackson. Probably one of the worst games we saw from him, Um, you know, as a pro. Two sacks by the Bengals, Sean Williams and Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard getting his seventh of the year. So he's... You know, he's proving to be a solid kind of rotational player for the Bengals. Uh, he'll, uh, you know, I think he's showing as a pro. He's showing exactly who he was in college. You know, he's going to be that guy that maybe sniffs double-digit sacks but is just kind of a consistent 6-7-8 sack-a-year guy, um, which is fine. You know, get another threat off the edge and uh, help him out going forward. Dunlap had a good, good game. Pat uh, one pass defense didn't have a sack, but did have a quarterback hit. So um, all in all, overall rough day for the defense, though giving up 38 points in in the loss. So you know that's kind of the line. Uh, Randy Bullock hit a career long 57 yard field goal, which was not expected. <laughs> and Kevin Huber a great a great day hunting the football, uh, I think he had about four inside the opponent's uh, opponent's 20-yard line. So, uh, you know, some good things to hang your hat on, the effort level. And, uh, you know, there are some guys still playing hard and, and some back-end guys that are still making plays, guys that are stepping up. And so the question now is, is Joe Burrow enough? You know, you maybe add a couple of pieces here or there. If the Bengals stick to what they usually do, which is kind of the bare minimum in in outside free agency, if they stick to that operating mode and they just add Joe Burrow, a couple pieces in the NFL draft, is that enough? Are they that close Is is this roster, you know, you got to think, okay, well, they'll probably franchise tag A.J. Green and or sign him to a long-term deal, so he'll be back, hoping he's healthy. Jonah Williams, same thing. He'll be back. Hope he's healthy. Who knows what happens with Cordy Glenn? I think you've got John Miller that you, you like there. The Bengals seem to like Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart's played well the past couple of games, started off awful. The, the the first half of the season, but has, has settled in and, and played better these past handful of games. You know, the Billy Price, Michael Jordan, guard rotational thing is kind of a mess. So Cincinnati probably needs, and you got to figure out if you like Trey Hopkins enough to be your long, you know, your long-term starter at center. So Cincinnati needs at least one more offensive lineman, maybe two. So we'll see uh, what they do with that. But, uh, Mark D says, no, they're way off what they need. Um, you know, then you've got someone else saying, you know, don't let the haters drag us down. There's the other, there's another question lingering that I think a lot of people want to know about. And that is the viability of Zach Taylor and his coaching staff going forward. Not a good, Homecoming, quote unquote, of sorts for Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo, and Jim Turner as they return to Miami. There's my son, Regan, again, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Uh, He's got he's got the moppy hair. You want to say hi, buddy? Hi. Um, So, you know, Joe Joe Burrow could be the end all be all answer. You know, we if you listen to our weekly show, we talked about how we some people see Drew Brees. Some people see Peyton Manning. Some people see Andy Dalton out of Joe Burrow. It it depends on who you ask. It depends on who you trust. So, you know, I I think he's maybe a relatively, you know, a pretty high ceiling, a high floor player. He's ready to go right now. There might be other guys, Tua and Herbert, that aren't ready to go right now. Maybe their ceilings are a tiny bit higher. Who knows? But all in all, I I think everybody has to agree Joe Burrow will be the pick by the Cincinnati Bengals, barring something totally that unforeseen. Is. You know, if something wacky happens, I don't even want to say it in the playoff, but if something wacky happens there or, you know, the Bengals trade out of that spot, wow. whatever the case may be. But as of now, it seems as if the Bengals will use the number one overall pick on Joe Burrow That's going right. forward. Okay. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. i have also heard from my son, Regan, here. He's hanging out with us a little bit. Thanks for joining us today, the Cincinnati Bengals, in case you're just joining us, on the Bengals postgame wrap. The Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in overtime, 38-35. Very hard-fought game, especially for the final quarter and overtime by the Cincinnati Bengals, unfortunately, came up short. But for some of you, it was a fortunate thing because that means the Bengals get the number one overall pick. The next question on everybody's mind is, what about Zach Taylor? I mentioned earlier the Bengals have eight one possession losses this year. They had injuries to Jonah Williams, AJ Green, Cordy Glenn. We know John Ross. We we know the deal. We know the deal. We know we know what's going on here. Could, the could if those guys were healthy, at least AJ and Jonah, if most, say most of those games fell their way, let's say five or six of those fell their way, and then you've got two guys healthy, are we looking at a team that has nine wins right now and is fighting for the playoff life? I don't know. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, but... That's not the case. Instead, what Zach Taylor is looking at is potentially setting the franchise record for a worst single-season record by a Bengals head coach, under a Bengals head coach. When The last time it was set, the Bengals moved on from Dick LeBeau and hired Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis took Carson Palmer. rest is history there. Their new coach is potentially setting a franchise franchise record in terms of a a low record for a single season. Could he be on the hot seat? Well, common sense tells you, no, the Bengals will probably get the Bengals are having the first overall pick. They will probably get a new quarterback with that. We've talked about that. Joe Burrow is probably going to be the pick. They are getting some of those guys back healthy. Maybe Mike Brown and company will do Zach Taylor a solid and re-sign a guy like A.J. Green to help supplement the offense and help out their new quarterback. Some of these guys are coming back healthy. And all of a sudden, maybe you're looking at a team with a couple extra pieces, another year under Zach Taylor. You, Zach Taylor gave some of these young guys, Michael Jordan, Jermaine Pratt, those guys, some you know, needed starting starts and playing time towards the end of the year, and they've responded relatively well. Maybe things start to be a bit more optimistic this year, the next year, rather. You know, you've got Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd did suffer an injury uh, towards the end there. I think that was just a hamstring tweak. I got to, I got to check on that. But uh, you've got Tyler Boyd who's closing in on his second consecutive 1,000 yard season. You know, m- maybe things are looking up a bit more than uh, than we think going into next year. And likely that's how the Bengals will spin it. That's how they'll sell it to everybody. You know, we're going to have a new quarterback. We're going to have high draft picks. The last time the Bengals had the number one overall pick in and high picks and rounds, they got Carson Palmer, Eric Steinbach, and Kelly Washington with their first three picks. That's... That's not bad. The Bengals have not done well in recent draft classes. They've also been picking in the mid-teens and twenties, for the most part. Aside from the number nine overall pick in John Ross and the Jonah Williams pick at number eleven last year, but in more recent drafts, when you got the Cedric O'Boy, he's Jake Fisher's, and you know those drafts, you, you know you're picking a little lower. Now you're kind of getting. A fringe first round player in the, in the second round, and you're getting a solid player probably in the third round. Um, my thing is this: Mike Brown is loyal. Mike Brown made a decision to to go this this route with this innovative kid, quote unquote, as their head coach. Gave him free reign on the coaching staff, who he's going to bring in. I think he gives him another shot to work with a new quarterback and he probably looks at the effort level of some of these close games, especially how things have kind of sort of begun to turn a corner in, in these last few games. But I I still give pause because Zach Taylor has an opportunity, as I mentioned two or three times now, to set the team record for the worst single season record in franchise history. The team has set all-time lows in average attendance at home games. And if Zach Taylor sets the record, the franchise record, for the worst single season record in team history and does so at home against the Browns. I don't know how Mike Brown and and company responds to that. Um, I, I don't. That's kind of the wild card for me. Does Mike Brown look at that scenario and just say a sweep by the Browns, a sweep by the Steelers, a sweep by the Ravens. We have all time attendance lows at games. We have the worst record we've ever had as a team on the books. I've seen enough. Or does he say, this kid's shown me a bit despite the record he has had perhaps the most difficult start to a head in the first year of a head coaching career that can really be imaginable aside from losing maybe a starting quarterback, which, I mean, he basically benched the starting court. He did bench the starting quarterback. So he kind of basically lost him in a way aside from that is, is, was there a more difficult way to start an NFL head coaching career? than what Zach Taylor had to endure this year in terms of injuries, in terms of the Cordy Glenn situation, all kinds of different things. I don't know. I don't know how Mike Brown sees it. I know how much beating the Browns means to the Brown family. Mm. I know that annually they need to, the Uh, team needs to win, uh, needs to win those games every year. And a coach that gets swept by the Browns, that that's not really acceptable um especially with you know how that team tends to operate and how they've been not living up to expectations either so i i don't you know i i see a lot of comments in here fire zach um i see
0: uh
1: mike holbert how's it going mike good to see you buddy uh, can we talk to Urban as an Urban Meyer? I mean, you can talk to him. I don't. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, Ike Ike Nino says, speaking of Zach Taylor, he needs to stop yeah, calling plays next season God. with four poop emojis. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Zabu Goose Fraba, what's going on, Zabu? Uh, fire Zach. I mean, so there, there, there is a dividing line in the sand about how people feel about him. People have, feel that they've seen enough. Some people have not. Hell, this kid this guy's younger than me and he's and he's an NFL head coach. He's younger than me and he's an NFL head coach. And not that I'm Mr. Young guy, but to me that's just mind blowing. He's an NFL head coach and you know it's his first go-round and all of that. I think <clears throat> there's not gonna be a middle ground with how Zach Taylor's career ends up. He's either going to be a David Shula-ish type of coach. Or he could end up being a diamond in the rough like a Belichick or a Pete Carroll that maybe struggled a little bit in their first year or so, got some necessary experience, maybe got to an organi- another organization that give gave him another shot that allocates the proper resources. And all of a sudden, you've got a star in the making and I would hate to see the Bengals lose out on him. But it is a risk to either keep him if he's despite whether the Bengals win or not next week, it's also a risk if you let him go after one year and you gotta, you gotta weigh the pros and cons there. Uh, Yeah. Chance white Jimmy Johnson's first year with Dallas one and 15. We don't know yet. And chance, if you remember, I believe his first year uh, I'll look that up, but I think Jimmy Johnson in his first year, had Steve Walsh as his Look. as his quarterback, and then they they went and drafted Troy Aikman. Um, w- with that first pick, the subsequent year. Uh, so,
0: Look.
1: let me double check that though. Uh, you might you might you might have drafted Troy Boy. <laughs> Right away. Regardless, he had Steve Walsh on the team. I know that. Uh, you're putting me on the spot. I got. I got to do research when you put me on the spot like that. But the the, the issue remains the same. The Cowboys were pretty pretty awful in Jimmy Johnson's first first year as head coach, and has since. Uh, obviously, his career has blossomed into. You know, a couple Super Bowl wins and whatnot there. So they they were patient with him. They gave him the resources. You're right. You're right, guys. Yeah. Uh Troy was there. Yeah. Troy was there. You're right. Um, regardless, the point still remains the same. Jimmy Johnson was given another chance after a really, really bad first season. He had an owner that ended up allocating resources to him. And lo and behold, the team goes and wins Super Bowls. So um You know, I, I see I see one here. Disco B, don't fire Zach yet. Too many injuries to keep players. Yeah, same thing. Jimmy Johnson was one in fifteen. Uh My thing was this though, you know, it and granted it was at a time in the in today's game that was pretty frustrating. The Bengals were just kind of making mistakes and um, they, they kind of looked to to have packed it in. This was before the big comeback, but you look at it there was a point in the game where I believe it was Carl Lawson made a it was a Carl Lawson or yeah, it was Carl Lawson that made a really really terrible mistake. Um, on a, just a late hit on Ryan Fitzpatrick to help, you know, extend the drive and it's not a, not a smart play. And, you know, I, I'm not the guy, I don't really necessarily like the coaches that are the grab the face mask and scream at them type of thing. But there was a, a little bit of a, an air on the sideline, at least from what I saw in brief moments from the cameras that, I kind of felt like, yeah, that that didn't really show me high accountability there in terms of once you make a mistake um, when Lawson came off the field. Um, But, you know, who knows? We're not in that locker room. Like I said, the effort level is there. (laughs) And uh, the Bengals have been in close games recently. They seem to be playing better as of, uh, you know, as the year wears on, which is what you want to see out of a struggling first-year head coach. I do agree with the initial point, though, that, hey, you know, Zach Taylor probably needs to relinquish play call duties to somebody else. He probably, you know, he can put his thumbprint on the system. He can create plays and design plays in it. But I think he needs to have someone that's, that's you know, he's he's put a lot you know, there's been a lot put on his plate both outside of his control and within his control this year. You know, some people talked about injuries and all that. You know, there's a lot of stuff on his plate that that he, you know, that's by his own doing and not. And uh, I think he will be better served. You know, if you remember Josh McDaniels. Remember Josh McDaniels kind of did the same thing in Denver where, you know, he was calling plays and he kind of had autonomy to do all kinds of stuff. It started off great and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. – And since, granted, he's been offered jobs and he hasn't taken them, but, you know, he's kind of stuck with New England and that's that's that. Um, The same kind of deal. He bit off a little more than he can chew, did McDaniels with Denver. And, you know, I think Taylor did the same and then the injuries hit and all that kind of stuff. And what are you going to do? So uh, that's – That's kind of, that's kind of that. I, you know what though, to kind of wrap a bow on this, see the pun with the holiday season coming up here. I I think that, you know, you got to give this regime probably one more shot, maybe even three years. If you look at what happened in San Francisco, that's we're in Shanahan's third year. That team's got what? 12 wins now. Uh, they had a handful of classes that had that had high picks. They stacked the defense. They got a quarterback that could, um, you know, I, I don't think he's an elite quarterback in this league, but he makes plays. He he does more than manage games. He makes plays. Um, you could even say Burrow Burrow is a little bit Garoppolo esque, and that's fine. If the Bengals get a Garoppolo out of it, they'll need to do more around the team to build around him. But you know, that took three years. For Shanahan to, to create that. And now San Francisco looks like they're back to their winning ways this year. So you know, I think I think Cincinnati needs to be patient a little bit with Zach, especially, you know, depending on how this one game next week plays out and you know who they draft next this next April and all of that. I think they need to give him a little little bit more chance. I don't like the idea though of you know. If we're healthy, if we're healthy, if we're healthy, because you know what, no team is is totally healthy, and you gotta you gotta move forward as if you're not. You may not have some of these guys, so that's what I didn't like going into this season. That's why I didn't like the non-aggressive approach because we're we can win now. We can win now. Well, you lose these guys, you're not winning now. So Cincinnati needs to be more aggressive. Some people talked about that in free agency. They need to do more this year. <laughs> even with the number one overall pick, even with a high round two pick, they need to be more aggressive in free agency, get starters, get contributors, get guys who can contribute right away so that Burrow can come in and have the best chance to succeed. That's the bottom line. You got to give, if you're going to draft this guy, you got to give him the best chance to succeed. You can't just say here, take this franchise over. It's a mess. Good luck. Transcended talents can, can sometimes transform that, but, you know, it, it, that's a gamble. That's a gamble. You don't want to throw a kid right into it and say, you know, do your thing and not really give him the support he needs. So um, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of my two cents on it. But if there was a day to feel good about a loss, I suppose, today, and it's not just because the Bengals have sewn up the number one overall pick. It's because they showed fight. They showed resiliency. Yes, it was against a now four win Miami Dolphins team, but they could have rolled over and died and you know lost by three touchdowns plus today. They could have done that easily. And that's where the game was headed. And maybe Miami took its lost its focus, took its foot off the gas pedal, whatever. But hey, the Bengals made them pay for it. They came back and almost won the game. Well, Everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. I hope Twitter timelines can now be you know, (laughs) altered so that we don't have to say tank, tank, tank. It's done. The Bengals have sewn up the pick. Now it's time to watch what happens this final game against the Browns. Watch what happens in the offseason, and then you go to the draft and build your team that way. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Miami Dolphins in week 16, 38-35. This has been the Bengals postgame wrap from the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. It's also courtesy of com. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can get it on Megaphone, iHeartRadio. Um I think I said Spotify. All that all the platforms. Get it get it there YouTube and all of our stuff is on cincyjungle.com. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I know We've got a holiday coming up, but uh, important important game today, despite it being between two teams that had four collective wins between them. But uh, important game today. The Cincinnati Bengals lose, but so up the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Um, so next spring will be very interesting. That's for sure. Next off season will be very interesting. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We won't see you before the Christmas holiday. So have a good Christmas or happy Hanukkah, if that's uh, what you are celebrating. Happy holidays to you all. Our weekly show for the Orange and Black Insider will be back on Thursday night, the 26th. So we'll be with you right after Christmas. But have a fun and safe holiday. Enjoy it with friends and family. You can hear my family member here chiming in. I've got a guest co-host, I guess, today with my son, Regan. Thanks for uh, listening to him babble a little bit too. But um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy your holiday. And uh, hey, Cincinnati Bengals have the number one overall pick. If you if that if that's what you've been into and wanting these past few weeks, you got your wish. You got your Christmas wish. Um, so enjoy it. Thanks, everybody.